The message you are listening to was recorded by Campus Outreach Minneapolis, the college ministry of Bethlehem Baptist Church in Minneapolis, Minnesota, for the 2015 Twin Cities Project. More information about Campus Outreach Minneapolis can be found at cominneapolis.org. All these talks on Thursday, as a Campus Outreach graduate, that are coming and talking about experience off the campus. And um, that's part of the reason why we have this, is what is life and discipleship? Some perspective on what it's like off the campus. A lot of you are graduates, stepping into it. It's a good bridge to that. Those of you that are undergrads, it's a good perspective as you think about, this might be the world I get called to after I graduate. And as you get to the point of making a decision, should I go on staff? Should I go overseas? Should I get a job? That's good data points to help fuel your, your decision. The one exception is David Crabb is going to come and talk. And um, he's going to get in about the middle, July 2nd. And the reason why is I'm going to have him come and talk about LGBT stuff. And uh, June 21st through June 28th is Pride Week. I don't know if you've seen the banners on Hennepin downtown, but our city is sponsoring um, uh, a Pride picnic at Como Park. Um, And then the first weekend, and then the next weekend, Sunday the 28th, at 11 o'clock, there's a Pride parade that goes down Hennepin. And uh, David Crabb has a unique expertise um, in that area. And it's something that we just need to be conversant with, think about well, um, winsomely, Christianly. And he has a brother who uh, has same-sex attraction. He spent a lot of time. He's a believer that's trying to, to walk in, in these feelings in a Christian way. Um, so he has a unique perspective with his personal experience. Has read a lot of books on how to how to talk about these things, um, but all the rest are CEO grads. And here's one tonight, and I'll let you tell them who you are when you graduated, what you're doing. Uh, my name is Dylan Schumacher. Uh, a lot of you probably know my younger, more fun brother Charlie. <laughs> um, I'm uh, much more serious and much more boring. Um, that's my wife. That's our kid. He's two months old. Uh, I graduated in where we graduated? 2008, baby. Graduated in 2008. Uh, I'm currently 29. I work in Golden Valley. I work for this place called the Neptune Society. Started last week, actually. And uh, I'm a sales manager there. We, we do cremations. Um, but that's really all there is to know about me. Basically, uh, I'm going to cover five points here. Uh, so if you're taking notes, I promise to keep you up to date on which point we're on. I'm going to pray, and, uh, and then I'll talk to you. Uh, God, I, I do pray that we sit here for the next 30, 40 minutes, whatever, uh, and talk that you would be made much of, um, that we would all understand a little bit more our context and, and what it looks like to have community that's based around the gospel, it's based around you, it's based around Jesus, um, and, and what that looks like now and, and for the rest of our life. So would you do that? Would you, would you teach here and would you be here? Amen. Uh, so, <clears throat> point number one here, I'm going to talk about what it is, uh, which I'm assuming, you know, how, how many of you guys are graduated, like down with school? Okay, thanks. Um, so most of you, you probably have a good understanding of this, right? But the place I always go to is Acts 2, 42 to 47, right? Pretty, pretty cut and dry. I'm sure you've heard it a million times, but I'm going to read it for you. Uh, As they devoted themselves people who just got converted, to the apostles' teaching 
and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles, and all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the number day by day those who were being saved. I, I just love that passage because I think it's a really good description of what the early church community looked like. Uh, and I like it for a couple reasons. I mean, verse 42, you know, they're based around the gospel, right? They're devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching, the, the, the gospel, the Bible, prayer and communion. Uh, verse 43, signs and wonders are happening. Uh, which, which that one, by the way, you can always read that. And because we, we go to a pretty non-charismatic, kind of boring, reformed church, you can be like, what is this signs and wonders thing? I don't, I don't see any of that. But, I mean, I, I was talking to Tessa a little bit earlier. Sorry, Tessa. Uh, but she uh, moved up or came up here to visit and became a believer in one week and then left where she was going to school and moved up here. And it's been here for, what, three years? Did you say something like that? That's an amazing thing uh, because God reaches down and changes your heart like that. Uh, and I think that's a sign of the one. Uh, so I, I think don't, when you read through something like that, don't breeze over it. Like, yeah, signs and wonders that happened when the apostles healed people with their shadow, but now, you know, don't, don't breeze over that. Uh, they have all things in common, verse 44, right? They're, they're living in community. They're, they're meeting each other's needs in verse 45. If anyone has any need, they're going to go sell their stuff to meet that need. Verse 46, they're doing life together generally, happily. And then in verse 47, they're committing to evangelism. Uh, so it's kind of the holistic description of what community should look like. Uh, I'm going to mostly talk about, when I say community tonight, what I really mean is this knowing God, repenting of sin, walking together, doing the Christian walk together so we all make it. And, and that involves loving Jesus, that involves preaching Jesus to our neighbors, it involves a lot of things, but mainly focused around doing that together. Okay? So when I say community, I'm going to say that word a lot, I mean loving each other through Jesus so we can make it together. That, that, that's what I really mean. Uh, and the idea of community is, is rife throughout the Bible. It's just assumed. Uh, James 5.16, I'm just going to read this. You don't have to turn there. Uh, Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. How are you supposed to confess your sins to one another and pray for one another if you're not living in community? First uh, Peter 2.9, But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession. You're a people. I think a lot of times we can think I was saved individually and God just saved me, and that's true. Uh, but he also saved a people to himself. And so we have to belong to a people. Uh, very, very, very important. All right, so that was one, what it is. Two, why you need it. Um, why, why even bother? And I think one of the most important reasons is that without community, okay, so apart from the gospel, right, everyone in here is sinful. And so your heart is has this propensity to go off the rails. That's just, that's your bent, whether you like it or not. Me, you, everybody else. My bent, apart from the influence of the Holy Spirit, is to go do my own thing, hate God, and, and go into glorious ruin. Okay, that, that's just kind of my bent. And community is one of the things that keeps you on the rails. Uh, it keeps you from getting too crazy, to the right or to the left, 
and it helps keep you on the way because when you're around friends and when you're around real gospel-centered community, and I'm sure you've all experienced this in the past couple of years, uh, someone comes in and they say, you know, what, what, is, what is this thing you're doing over here? Like, this is kind of crazy. You acted this way and you said this thing and I think that's sin. And you're thinking, one, I didn't even know I did that. Or two, yeah, I did that. There's something wrong with it. And, and there's a conversation that happens there and there's repentance and correction and the Holy Spirit moves in. And that's one of the glorious, glorious things about community is that it keeps you from going off the rails. I'm not, obviously, ultimately, God does that, but community is one of the mechanisms that he uses for that. Uh, I'll tell you guys, I mean, this, for those of you who are graduated, the, the transition from college to the working world, the, the next year of your life, is probably, from what I've seen, going to be the hardest transition year of your life. Uh, it's just it's just the way it is. It, it's it's really hard for a couple reasons. I mean, you're you're going from an intense gospel-centered community where you see each other all the time, you hang out all the time, to working forty hours a week, and maybe you see someone once if you plan it, and then it doesn't fall through, which it always does. I promise. Um, it's just, it's just hard. It feels like going from the garden to the wilderness. It, it, in a lot of ways, it really does. And that's not just my experience. I've seen it time and time again. And I've been out of college for, I don't know, five years now, seven years, something like that, a, a while. And I just, I've consistently seen that people really struggle that first year out of college. And I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that you go from this just flourishing greenhouse of community and gospel and intentionality. And it's, it's great and it's wonderful and I loved it. And, and then you just kind of go to what feels like the wilderness by comparison. Um, I mean, I, I, so I, I've sat in my living room and uh, I've sat across from girls who started going to work. They, uh, some guy was cute and giving them attention. And six months later, they are sleeping with him and not walking with God. I, I had it happen to one girl in my small group twice. The same girl. And uh, it's like, some, something is wrong here. Uh, something is deeply wrong. And it, it happens. And I think without community, that can be you. No one in this room is sitting here thinking, I'm going to go off the rails. I, uh, I, I plan to just totally walk away from the Lord in the next couple of years. But it happens. It, it really happens. And I've seen it happen. And uh, one, of the, one of the bridesmaids from my wedding was like a sister in when I was in college. Not walking with God. And I just want you to know, you're not, you're not apart from that. Like that, you're not exempt. None of, none of us are exempt. Uh, Satan is coming after all of us. And unless we hold fast to the gospel, and unless we stay in community, that can be you. I believe in perseverance of the saints, all right? I'm a Calvinist through and through. But it can happen if you're not careful. So I, I just say that community is so important because every, th every time I've seen that happen with those people, they, they pull back from community a little bit. They quit reading their Bible. They, uh, they disengage. They, st they stop asking the hard questions. They stop receiving the hard answers. And some of them walk away and don't come back. So just have your head up and have your head about you. You know, I I've seen guys just get really, really complacent and just kind of lazy. And just work there nine to five and kind of get drunk every once in a while and you know, 
slow, quiet, whimpery death. Um, don't, don't let that happen. And one of the ways, not the only way, one of the ways is, is by being involved in community. Um, community is fun and enjoyable. Uh, that's, that's another reason why you need it. It's fun and enjoyable. Um, I tell you, my small group, I love my small group. It's a blast. We've been together for two years. Uh, I am not best friends with one of my small group, okay? There, there are some people in my small group I think are weird. Um, but, uh, but honestly, I, I love hanging out with them. I, I, we hang out every week, and uh, we read the Bible. And uh, I just I love I love the guys in my group. I love the girls in my group. And I love, I love hanging out together. Uh, it works. It's another reason you need it. It works. Uh, and what I mean by that is, you're gonna if you're in community and you're committed, you're gonna grow. Um, you know I can't guarantee that, okay? But I'm telling you, it, it just it's one of those things that practically works when you're actively pursuing God with other people. Chances are, you're gonna grow, and that's a good thing. Um, it's really the best way to care for the church. Oh, I forgot to look this up, but there's this brilliant, brilliant quote by Tim Keller, uh, who talks about the best way to form people spiritually or disciple them is in the context of community. Uh, and I, just, I love that quote because, you know, Tim Keller's my favorite preacher and, and arguably one of the best of our generation. And uh, here he is saying the best way to do it isn't, isn't with preaching, but it's with community and forming people spiritually that way. Uh, you need help to figure life out, right? Because I just said that first year after college, it's really hard. Uh, there's just a lot of different stuff. So you need help to figure that out. And community is a great way to do that. Uh, which, side note, by the way, you're not going to get your dream job. I don't know if any of you think that. I hope not. But let me just go ahead and tell you right now. It, it's not it's not roses and everything on the other side. You, you're going to get this job that you may or may not work, that, that you may or may not like, that may or may not be in your field, that pays probably about half of what you're hoping it's going to pay. And uh, those are just the facts of life, guys and girls. I'm sorry to break it to you, but that's how it is. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, that was my side note. I got more of those coming. Uh, okay, number uh, number three, how it's the same, how community is the same. So this is pretty simple. I mean, you, you guys have probably been practicing this for years. The foundations of community never, never, never change. I don't care if you're here or if you're in Israel 2,000 years ago. It's the same thing. Uh, we're, it's built on the foundation of repentance and confrontation and accountability and prayer and the gospel and the Bible and being on mission living in wisdom, getting life input from other people. You're walking together, bearing each other's burdens. You're meeting and eating together. Uh, you're having your, your little one-on-ones. You're playing games and hanging out. Uh, it's just, that that's the foundation, right? The, the relational, intentional community. That's, that's always going to be the same no matter where you are. It's pointing yourself and others to the gospel. So really the only thing that changes between now and six months from now when you're out in the working world is, is the context. That's, that's really the only thing that's changing. Because the foundations, guys, those, those aren't changing. So point, what am I on? Four? Four. How it's different. Uh, so it's not nearly as easy to get together. Okay? Uh, you know, maybe uh, Northwestern Bethel kids here? Any? Yeah? Okay. So you guys went to a much smaller school. Uh, even at the U, I went to the U. Um, you still get to see each other all the time, you know? I know at, like, Bethel and Northwestern, you guys are, like, in eight classes together all the time. I'm like, what, what is this? This is ridiculous. Um, but, uh, you, you get to see each other all the time. You don't even have to try, you know? 
Uh, when I was at TU, I'm sure they still have it, but I, ha I called it the compound. It was the three houses right there, right? Um, and you just, you live in like this wonderful, magical land where you just see Christians all the time. How's your walk with the Lord, brother? Oh, it's great, it's great. And it's, it's you know, that's kind of like what it is. And you go out, you go out to the world. My, the closest, well, actually, this is an exception, but our, our closest believing friends are probably like six blocks away. And that's close, you know. And I'll tell you right now, we see them once a week at small group. That's, that they're six blocks away, and there might be something wrong with that. But, the, you know, we don't see them that often because we're all just busier. I mean, we all work 40 hours a week. I get home, it's 5 o'clock. Cass and I have to make dinner. Now I have to deal with Finn. And uh, and then, you know, by the time that's done, it's 8.30. I uh, maybe we watch a show. I drink a little bourbon, and then we go to bed. I mean, that's, that's it, you know. Wake up, repeat. And, and so there's just life gets a lot busier, and it's a lot harder. You have these little windows. Like maybe if you want to get up at 6 a.m. this one day, you can sneak in breakfast before you go to work. Uh, or, or maybe you can, you know, grab a beer, get some dinner after after work. But it's just a lot harder um, because you don't see people as often, and and that that can wear on you. And especially going from, like I said, where you see everybody all the time, to just not. Um, so it's not it's not as easy to get together. So you have to be intentional and planning. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about that a little more later. But you have to be intentional. Because you don't see each other as often, it's slower. Um, you know, I remember when I was in college, and uh, Paul Poteet discipled me for most of my college career, and uh, I got to see Paul all the time, and we talked one week, and uh, by the time we got together next week, I had repented or worked through it or whatever, and we were we were on to the next thing, because we're just crushing it out, you know? And uh, it, it's, it just doesn't happen that, that quick anymore, because you don't see people as often. You don't have as much uh, social touches with people as often. So it just takes longer. Everything takes longer. I'm talking about usually your own growth with God takes a lot longer. Uh, evangelism is a lot slower. Uh, it's just it's just slower, and it's just the nature of the beast. So be prepared for that when you get out there and you're like, "Where is everybody? And why isn't this going like I like?" Just think Dylan said it's the wilderness. Um, there's probably not going to be anyone to disciple you. Uh, and, and if there is, it's not the way you're used to. Uh, it, it's a lot more peer-to-peer. -peer. You know, in, in college, right, most of us had the, we had the wise sage who knew everything about the world, right? And I, I have a question, I'll just, I'll just go ask Paul, and he'll tell me what to do. Um, and that uh, it doesn't exist anymore. Uh, that person is, is not there for you in, in the same way they were before. And uh, so, you got to take some responsibility and figure your life out. Uh, you know, this, this, I haven't heard this in a while, but when I first graduated from college and stuff, there's people that walk around and be like, Campus outreach didn't prepare me. I just, I don't know what to do. I just want to slap him in the face because I'm like, you're an adult. Like, take some responsibility for your life. Do you know how to read your Bible? Oh, yeah. Do you know how to share the gospel? Oh, yeah. Okay, then what's the problem? And uh, I'm just, you know, not as cool as Charlie, remember. So, um, you know, I just think there's, there's a responsibility you have to take, and that means that you have to be intentional with, with your peers, with other people in your small group, and whoever it is that you end up with. Um, that is your community that you have to be committed to, and that really is going to be the, the group, the body of believers that's going to disciple you. You know, there's, there's no wise sage who has all the answers anymore. It's a lot more peer-to-peer. -peer. That's just the practical nature of the beast. It's just a lot more peer-to-peer. Um, I think I talked about this already, but you know, 40 hours a week are spent at work. 
guys, which, you know, maybe some of you have been doing that for a while already, but it's just a change. You know, it's this huge eight hour chunk, maybe more in the middle of every single one of your days, five of them. It, it just takes up a lot of time. Uh, so it's just an adjustment. And over the next couple of years, you're going to have a whole new world. I mean, some of you are going to get married. Some of you are going to have kids. You're going to maybe switch jobs. I had one girl in my small group who'd, who'd never been around pagans before, you know, unbelievers, like, because she went to Northwestern, grew up in a Christian home, at a, went to a believing, you know, solid church, went to Northwestern, was involved with campus outreach, and then got to med school or whatever she was in, and just didn't know how to behave around unbelievers, and because uh, she just never had to experience it. So, you know, maybe you're sitting in this room, and, and that's you, I have no idea. But there's, there's a different thing. And what do you what do? You do? <laughs> so one of my jobs I had a while ago, there's this guy, the most pagan bro I've ever met in my life, and uh, just cared about, you know, having sex with girls and getting drunk. And that's all he talked to me about all the time. And uh, it was just like, how do you deal with that? You know, how, how do you... How do you even engage a guy like that? It was it was interesting. I, I think I kind of figured it out. I mostly just yelled at him a lot. We, we were friends. So, you know, I mean, it, there's, there's different things that you have to engage and talk about and think about. And that's another reason you need community because you got to figure that out. You know, and that's that's the people you go to when you when you can't figure this out. You go to your your community. Uh, so yeah, and like I said, a lot of those things you're not gonna know how to deal with. You, you might buy a house, you might have some house projects, you might have to buy a car, you might have to figure out how to get a loan for a house. Like, it's just life stuff, you know? Um, Cass and I bought a foreclosed house, and, uh, mistake, and, and we, uh, we spent a lot of time repairing it, and uh, a lot of stuff I had to figure out. So what did I do? I called everybody up in my small group, and I said, come over here, we're going to do this thing in my house, we're going to break some walls, I don't know what we're going to do. And, and, and honestly, I mean, there's a guy, a guy who lives six blocks from me, Ben Rich, who has spent almost as much time working on my house as I have. Uh, and that's that's because I live in community. And I, can, I know I can always call Ben. He'll come over. I was out of town the other week, and my garage door broke. And so Cassie called Ben. Ben came over and fixed my garage door for me. And uh, it's, just, it's just a wonderful thing to be able to live in a group of people who I know are going to take care of me and, and take care of my wife and my kid when I'm, when I'm gone. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. And two other things that are really different. So most of the time, you know, you, you probably grew up going to college with your D group, right? Ah, I love D groups. I miss being in a D group. Um, great, great things. But then you're going to go from a D group to a small group, which is probably by gender, and, and there's going to be about 10 to 14 of you. So you go from five to six people, same life stage, same gender, same, you know, uh, theology, just pretty much everything, to this semi-diverse group where now there's girls or there's boys there and that's kind of weird. I don't know how do I do that was a real big adjustment for me. Um, and, and how do I kind of deal with that? And uh, and then, you know, you may or may not do like for my example, my small group, we do split time. So we do guys and girls together. One week we read the Bible. Next week we do split time, just guys and just girls for kind of more D group like accountability like stuff. Um, but you know, it's just it's kind of weird when you first get there. It's just is different because you really haven't studied the Bible together like that before. Uh, and then it's 10 to 14 people. So it, it takes, and because it's slower, it takes a long time to get to know everybody. It takes like a year to kind of be like, yeah, I kind of know Bob. I kind of know what his deal is. Um, it's just slower. Okay. 
Uh, this last part I called Dylan's charges. And this is all the stuff I wanted to tell you that I couldn't fit in one of those categories. Okay, see, th these are all my, my side notes. Kind of my soapboxes, so I'm going to yell at you. Uh, <clears throat> one, be involved and, and be all in. Uh, like I said, look, your small group is not going to be your best friends, okay? I, I have some really good friends in my small group. I have some people that I'm in small group with because we're in small group. I don't dislike them, but they're not my, my best bros, you know, and that's that's okay. But when I'm there, those are my people. And uh, I try to call one of the guys on my way home from work almost every day just to chat and see how they're doing. And if they need something, I am there because they are my people. Um, best bros or not, I am for them, and I care about them, and I want them to grow and know Jesus. And I, I want... Almost everybody in my group, I think, has that mentality, and that's one of the reasons I love my small group so much, is because we are, we are committed. By and large, I think everybody in my group is committed to this small group, and and they're a priority to me. They get my first fruits. You know, I, I have some really good friends, Jamie and Paul, and I love those guys to death, but they're not my small group, and they don't get my first fruits. My small group gets my first fruits, so I'm, I'm committed there. So be in with your small group. And, and be committed there and care about their walk with God and, and pray for them and be involved with them. And, and if you see them slipping or you know they need something, do your best to, to do what you can. Uh, don't undermine community. What I mean by this is I've, I've seen uh, a couple girls in small group who are really, they're just besties with this girl over here who's in a different small group, which that's fine. Nothing wrong with that. But then, all of their community happens over here, and not, not in the context of the group. So these girls come to the group, and they're like, oh, yeah, well, I talked to so-and-so. That's my girl voice, sorry. Um, and, and so, you know, I'm, I'm all good now. And then there's no actual community that happens. They take the community that's supposed to happen in their small group, and they set it outside over here with these other kids and other girls. And I'm not saying you can't have that, but I'm saying have that and to be in group. It, when, when this this friendship out here outside of group starts to exclude group, I, I really think that's a problem. And it and it makes it hard for the rest of the group to be involved and all in because you have people that, that, that aren't, that are just, they're, they're withholding themselves. Don't do that. Uh, be baptized, become a member. If, if you're not a member of Bethlehem, become one. Um, even, even if you're saying, Dylan, yeah, but I'm going to get done with my internship this summer and I'm moving to Mumbai in India, and uh, I'm out of here, you know? Fine, become a member. And then when you leave, transfer your membership. Um, there's, there's, there's nothing wrong with that. I just think, because I've seen a lot of people that are gonna do that, and then they don't, or something happens, or God changes their life, or whatever, and three years later, they're still here and they're not a member. Um, becoming a member is an important commitment to your local body and to our church. Um, so become one, if you're not. And then again, be involved, which means go to the quarterly strategy meetings. They're insufferable sometimes, I'll be honest. But, but go and vote on elders and, and participate. Ask questions. Go up to the little microphone there and ask your question. Uh, it's an important part of being committed to your local body. Uh, what am I here for? Strategy meetings. Yeah, even if you're only here for a little while. Uh, don't be a complainer. Take responsibility for your life. You know, I, I talked about the CEO didn't prepare me, people. But I, I just think that sometimes, this isn't all the time, but sometimes I think what people have done is they skate through college, 
because their spiritual walk is invested in their spiritual leader, and they're going to guide me, they're going to tell me what to do, and so I'll just keep doing it, and then I'll kind of coast through here. And then they get out into the real world, and I've seen those people just struggle. Struggle. Because they never took responsibility for their own walk with God while they were in college. They were just coasting through because so-and-so was telling them what to do, and they were generally good on the outside, and they did um, And that might be you. You might not know it's you, and you'll find out real soon. And that's, that's okay. I think this, we just have to take responsibility for our own walk with God. And I think that means, you know, I'm going to spend some time. I'm going to read my Bible when I'm struggling. I'm going to call Joe, and I'm going to let him know. And, and you're going to take responsibility for your walk with God. And you're going to be honest to the people when you're struggling, and when you're hurting, and when you need help, and when you can't make it. Which has been me for, for a year. Uh, lastly, this is going to just ride with me on this one for a little bit. Uh, anybody in here carry a gun? No? Okay, well. If, if you ever do, um, I, I teach permit to carry, so I know this, but there are two different kinds of states, okay? There are May issue states, which means they might, they might not give you a permit to carry a gun. And then there are shall issue states, which means the default is we're going to give you a permit, okay? May issue, shall issue. I'll come back to that. So, uh, girls, ladies, uh, it's all nice to draw on one spot. This is great. Um, there are going to be times when guys ask to go to date. And uh, I've seen a lot of girls say things like, well, you know, they're uh, not tall, they're not 6'4", and, you know, cut like a Greek statue and have a degree in theology and make $80,000 a year. <laughs> and then kind of turn them down out of hand. So I just want to invite you that when it comes to guys asking on dates, be a shall issue girl, okay? Be a girl, your default is, unless there's something severely wrong with them, if they're a believer and they're walking with God, I'm gonna give them a shot. Uh, I'm not saying you have to love the idea, I'm just saying give them a shot. Because I, I think it's important um, when, when it comes to that, because I've, I've seen a lot of girls just have like this, this wish list, it's the best part, it's not even realistic. They don't even want that stuff, they think they do. And, and they just turn guys down left and right. So, be a shallow issue girl, okay? Just think about it. Guys, um, <clears throat> when it comes to asking a girl on a date, use the word date. And if you text her, I'm going to punch you in the face, okay? <laughs> be a man. Go up and ask her. Use the word date. And, and, and then let her say yes or no. You know, after the trick, guys, they're not listening. Uh, <clears throat> after you, uh, you say, you know, will you go on a date with me, stop talking. Just stop and let her answer like an adult, okay? Just, I know it hurts, it really hurts, because you're just out there, and you don't know if you're going to say yes or no, but just, just stop talking, just, just let it be. It'll be a scary five, ten seconds, but, and, and if she doesn't talk, don't talk. Don't talk. Just let her answer. Do not talk first, I guarantee you she won't go out with you then. Just don't talk. Um, and then, obviously, you know, I mean, it's coffee, just pay for the date. I shouldn't have to say And then lastly, you know, Hold fast to the gospel, guys. Um, that's what we're here for, right? We're, we're here to hold fast to Jesus, and he died for me, and he paid for my sin, and I want to know him. And sooner or later, we're one day closer today than we were yesterday, he's coming back, and all sin's going to be wiped away. And, and that's why we do community, because we want to make it to that day, which is one day closer than yesterday. So hold on. That is it. I'm going to pray, and then I think, do I have time for Q&A, Jared, or what do you want to do? Okay.
God, I thank you that you are good and that you are coming back and that we can sit in here tonight and, you know, laugh at my not-so-funny jokes and hang out and, uh, and learn more about you and, and your story and what you've called your people to be. Thank you for that. Amen. All right. If you guys have questions, I'll try to answer. I got a question. Go for it, bro. What would you say when someone's considering getting involved with more Christian community, but they already feel like they're very busy, and yes, they have time, but they also need time to recharge the batteries? Mm-hmm. Like, what kind of advice would you give? Like, always more, more community is better, or what kind of boundaries and limits? I think part of the problem is, is that what you do is you view, here's my life, and then there's all these things. There's work, there's community, there's social stuff, there's video games, there's whatever. And and you have to give time to these different things. And I think what, what you should view yourself as, as is a person in community. That's like part of who you are. And so it's not one of these things that takes your time, but it's one of these things that is who you are and what you do. So I, I think it's a perspective shift of not like, yeah, but I just don't have time for that. And it's draining. You know what? It's draining. Almost every week, sorry, baby, I love you. My wife says to me, ah, I wish we'd never more. And almost every week after, I'm really glad we have some more. Um, and, and, and so I just, I just think, you know, it, it, there's just a perspective shift in there that needs to happen. Um, of, it's not one of the things that it takes for me, but it's one of the things of just who I am. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah you, said, you said a few times um, the idea of, you know, we, have, we just have to make it to that. What do you, what do you mean by make it? I mean uh, not walk away from Jesus and go to hell. That's that's what I mean. I mean, I I know it's extreme, right? But honestly, man, I mean, I've I've seen it happen. You know, I've seen it happen more times than I than I care to admit. I mean, with you know, like the girl who was in our our wedding. Like, I mean, if anyone was in, she was in. I mean, I mean, she was one of the most committed Calvinists that I've ever known. She preached the gospel to my wife when she wasn't a believer. And as far as I know, it's like this girl is not walking with Jesus. And and so I think that. One of the main reasons we need community is because I, I don't want to see anyone walk away. Now, now, like I said, man, ultimately God is sovereign, and, and I believe in perseverance of the saints. But one of the mechanisms that God uses for that, I strongly believe, is community. Does that, does that answer your question? Do you have, like, thoughts on getting involved in small groups? Is it just sort of, like... Grab the first one that you meet, and it's okay if you don't like them. Like you don't drive yeah. all the way, like you're saying, but like they're your people, and so you just kind of grab one and get sucked in. Or is there like discernment in that process? Yeah, I, I think there definitely can be. You know, I mean, I, I don't believe in. Uh, it's not a shopping mall, right? So you don't like, oh, let's look at these fifteen and kind of evaluate. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it's it's not that. But I I do think you know, look if there's if there's a small group. Which uh, this is, I'm going to be ridiculous for on purpose, okay? So this is a small group, and they they believe that uh, you know the end times are here, and Jesus is is going to come back and save us from this place and nuke it, and uh, and they're just going to pray for that every day. And you're like, you know, it's not, it's not really my thing. I would say don't join that small group. Um, I, I would say find one that you're more or less aligned with, but knowing that. It's never going to be a perfect fit. There are people in my small, I mean, every, every week, someone in my small group says something, or I say something, and we have a little disagreement. You know, and that's just, that's the way it is. But at the end of the day, I think the thing that carries us through is we're committed to that group, and we're committed to each other, and we're all pretty theologically aligned. We got one guy who's not a Calvinist, but, you know, I mean, whatever. We, we're, we're there to love Jesus and love each other.
I, I really, I feel like I didn't answer that at all. Sorry. Yeah. What did you give as your definition of community? What did I say? I said, uh, when I say I'm talking about knowing God, repenting of sin, walking with Jesus day in and out of doing. Excuse me, walking with Jesus day in and day out and doing life together. Last question. This is for Dylan and Cassie to answer too. So, um, being Dylan now and Cassie now, what would you have said to this uh, graduated Dylan, this graduated Cassie? And one thing that man, I really wish. Oh, you really need to get this to transition well. I would say to myself, so when I graduated, I was really angry at God because I really wanted my dream job. I didn't even know what it was, but my job was really boring, and I was really mad at God, like, I went to college, what the heck, like, why do I have this horrible job? <laughs> That's really boring. <laughs> um, and I, I guess I wish someone would have said to me, like, you're going to work a job, and it's going to be boring. And that's okay. Like God is good to you in that um, you're not gonna have your dream job. You don't even know what your dream job is. <laughs> so I, I wish that. I think I came out very disillusioned, thinking that there was this great job for me and I had somehow missed it. And I just don't think that's the case. Like God called me to that specific job for that very reason, that I would walk through and have to trust Him and have to see He is good to me, even when I am so bored, <laughs> so bored. And that's okay. Like that was good. So I wish someone had told me that. Uh, I, I think I would say trust God slash wait on God. Um, I mean, life, life is hard. If you don't know that yet, you'll know it very soon. Uh, and uh, it's just, it's hard. And I think that trusting God in the midst of the difficulty is is what we're called to do. And then and then to wait on God to rescue you from that, sustain you in that, do whatever he's going to do. Um, I just think that's probably what I needed to get is, and I think I still need to get that, is trust God. It's hard, and then you got to trust him. Um, you know, one thing that'd be helpful, uh, if you take 60 seconds and different notes are taken, Dylan and Cassie have said different things, and if you boil it down to what's, what's one thought you want to take home with a bank, and one thing that you want to, so one, one thing, my thing, is what Dylan said is, uh, walking together so we all make it together, you know, and I think for me it was just, that the easy assumption is, I make community so I can stay a believer. But I make community so I can help others too. So it's not just, it's um, walking together so we make it together. It's not so I make it, so we make it. You know, and I, I care about your interest, not just my own. You know, I care about the interests of others. And that's helpful. Okay, it's, it's gold. I have people like Dylan and Cassie here come and talk. Thanks so much for taking time. Prep and talk. And... Uh, share perspective and very, very helpful. Good stuff. Um, yeah. Thank you for listening to this message from Campus Outreach Minneapolis, the college ministry of Bethlehem Baptist Church in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Feel free to make copies of this message to give to others. 
but please do not charge for these copies or alter the content in any way without written permission from Campus Outreach Minneapolis. For more information, we invite you to visit us online at cominneapolis.org.